What is happening? Back again, another episode of the Off Track Experience. Now, this one was with me and my good friend Devin Cooper. After my accident in snowshoe, the week after I got home, I wanted to keep giving updates about where I was at with my recovery and kind of the whole situation, what happened. So Devin actually interviews me more or less in this one. We kind of go back and forth, but he asked more questions than, than myself and kind of touch on everything that happened and the good, the bad and <laughs> the ugly and kind of everything that I'd been going through after the accident and then coming out of it now. And in this point, I was still pretty positive about the whole thing. It wasn't until a little bit after this, I kind of went down a bit of a negative spiral, but obviously come back out of that now, we're doing a lot better. But we sit down, we have a good chat and kind of just talk about everything that yeah, I went through, thought I was going to be going through in the future and how I could use this as kind of a gift to help other people in a similar situation. I always feel pain can be used in a, as an adhesive that will bring people together and help others. So just the thing, whenever you go into something that is real painful, whether it be physically, physically, emotionally or spiritually, that in some way it can help others if you learn how to deal with it and come out the other side in a better way. So we sat down, we had a good chat up uh, Alley or Valley, sorry. And yeah, we'll put it out now. But before we jump into it, quick word from the sponsors. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement supply, look no further. Athletic Greens is giving away one free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Now, I've been having this every morning, obviously healing process right now, trying to do everything good for my body, good for my immune system, good for my gut health, good for my skin, just good for my energy levels. So recommend you guys jump on this, give it a try and see if you see the results. But been loving it and been seeing the results myself and yeah, been enjoying putting it into my body. So Go give it a try. Cheers, guys, and enjoy the chat. What's up, sorry? What happened to your neck? Oh, I had a mountain bike crash and ended up extending, like, stretching my spinal cord. Oh, shit. Yeah, it wasn't fun. It's rough, bro. Yeah, I did it a couple of weeks ago, and just, like, oh, I was so scared, like, paralyzed my whole body. Really? Yeah, I was, like, paralyzed for, like, 10 minutes. Like, I thought I broke my neck. I was on the ground. I was like, couldn't feel it. legs, arms, nothing. And I was just like, fuck, here we go. Quite an eye-opening moment. Yeah. Like, got taken away. Oh, man. Like, man, I was like, I was literally, I was like, I just broke my neck. I'm never going to walk again. Never going to have the goose feeling again. And then after 10 minutes, like, I couldn't really feel. Like, my whole body was like pins and needles. But, like, slowly started coming back. Lucky. And then I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to be, like, all good. Yeah, but even now, like, I still can't really, like, use my left hand. My, like, fingertips are all super numb and, yeah. yeah. They said so, it's all going to come back, though? They said, yeah, over time. Yeah, yeah it should just slowly, like, keep coming back. It's just going to be one of those things that you just got to keep keep at it. But, yeah, yeah, super lucky, hey. Well, the universe had other plans for you, brother. Yeah, thank God for that. Have a good day, boys. You too. You too. Good luck in recovery. Cheers. You obviously came back from a pretty significant injury and had to overcome that. And it was like what you kind of went through dealing with that and the setbacks and everything that went along with that. So what was the big injury that you faced and how did you go coming back from that? Yeah, so I broke my, broke my leg in 20, 2012 when I was in year 12 playing footy real bad. And then I had a few issues that went on from then. I had three or four reconstructions on it, which just put me completely out of the sport that I was playing and every other sport that I'd I'd never been playing and basically I was told I'd never be able to run, walk again, 
like properly and I have all these problems and yeah it was a very challenging time in my life that's for sure so yeah for a long period of time I didn't play any sports couldn't walk couldn't run so mentally it was fucked <laughs> yeah mentally it was yeah it's probably I got to the lowest point in my life in in that time frame I definitely at a point had to start seeing a psychologist because I was like I don't I don't want to be here anymore I basically want to take my own life and I was like I just can't can't deal with something that I'd been doing religiously every single day for my existence of life and having a direction of what I wanted to do and then yeah coming to a point where I couldn't do that anymore is very very challenging still to this day I can't do a lot of those things but it's, it's the best thing that ever happened to me at the same time because of the hindsight's a great thing to look back on without that happening in my life I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't have met the people that I've met along the way and had this roller coaster ride but that's part of the journey it's enjoying the ups and the downs no matter how bad the downs are they're just as good as the highs because without the light there's no shadow without shadow there's no light so mm. like unknown though when you're in that state hey when you just you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel because you're in this like spot of just like or this place where it's just like nothing's getting better yeah and it's not even like it's nothing's getting better but it's also like getting worse at the same time a lot of people think like healing is a linear progression of like <laughs> oh each day i'll get a little bit better yeah and then when you don't get better and you get worse then it's the future looks kind of bleak i'm not progressing the way i should progress and i might never progress where i think i'll progress so yeah. it's like you get stuck in this negative loop of like expectations on where you should be yeah yeah we, exactly. we spoke about that on the way on the walk-in mm. and you're telling me about how that you haven't been doing a lot and you felt like you have been like you need to do something yeah. all the time obviously being somebody who's come from a point where you're always busy and you're always doing something how do you think that showed up for you at the moment because obviously not being able to do that is a challenge because you and we spoke about this walking in where i was like maybe you don't have to be doing that mm. and it's a, probably the first time you've been faced with that at this probably scale where you're like, I literally can't really do a lot of things that I was doing before. Yeah, I think it's it's funny how at the start, I think I was quite content with not doing anything just because I couldn't. And then kind of being okay with it because like I really just physically couldn't do anything. I was in so much pain. I didn't want to do anything. And mm. then I guess as I started started to get better, you start to put these expectations on yourself that I should, and it's just simple stuff like, oh, I should like edit a video on my phone or something, or I should like reply to some emails, simple stuff, but just not having the brain capacity or, or energy to do that, then you get a bit like, oh, I'm not doing enough. But then I have to kind of look back and be like, two weeks ago, like there was nothing else on my mind besides getting better. It wasn't like, let's get better so I can do these things. It was just like, no, let's just focus on getting better and just appreciating that. But like you say, we always want the next thing and we always like, okay, I've gotten this much better, so I want to get even better. And it's like, you get so caught up on next, next, next. And I guess even with this, that's something like, obviously at the start, I was like, I just want to feel my legs again. That was the biggest thing. And then I guess we kind of get greedy in a way because I'm like, okay, I can kind of feel my toes. Now I want to feel my arms and it's just like... Yeah, the, you, the progression of just yeah, always wanting. Yeah, and I guess we get caught up on what we don't have and not what we do have. And I think that's a massive thing with an injury and you lose it, lose everything or lose feeling and everything that you just want more, more, more. And obviously mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough to slowly get that back. 
but a kid hit me up, Fletcher, and he um he was in a crash um right around the same time as I crashed a bit earlier, and he's lost all feeling in his legs. He's probably going to be a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And he sent me a voice message, and he's just like, "Dude, that's so scary. That you lost all feeling, and I'm feeling for you, man. And like, I hope you're all good and all that stuff." And he's like, "I just lost my legs, but I still got my arms, so it's all good." And like, he was pumped. Heavy. And I was just like, "Dude, like, that's." Like, I'm so, yeah, yeah, and I was like, I'm so pumped that you can still see what you have and be, and be happy with that. Yeah. But he's in like rehab centers for the next four months and he'll probably never walk again. Mm. But he's just pumped that he's like learning how to get out of bed without his legs and use his arms yeah. and all that. And I'm like, I feel so lucky that like my injury was obviously, it was bad and I went through a lot in that time. But compared to that, it's not, it's yeah. not that bad. Hey, yeah. like I'm like, I'm getting feeling back a lot quicker than I thought still. And I think eventually I'm going to have a hundred percent recovery, yeah. which is, and I'm so grateful and lucky that that's the case. So many people I know have stories where never walk again, quadriplegic, never has feelings in yeah. like, yeah, it's like such, such a common thing, I guess, but it's one of those things that's just like, yeah, you have to be grateful for what you do have, not what you don't, no yeah. matter what that situation may look like. But when you had your injury as well, did you, did that make you look at football differently after that? Did you seem like it was like, seemed a bit more? I didn't watch it. You just shut off from it? Yeah, it's, it's probably not the best, but I, yeah, I completely shut off from it. I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to know anything about it. Mm. I didn't want to hear anything about it. At the time I was obviously living in Victoria and through that process just, and it's obviously everyone has their own journeys, but. I had to get away from Melbourne and that's why I actually moved to the Gold Coast because I couldn't deal with the, the continuous idea of being around, yeah, that and the other things that I was doing at the time. And it was just like, okay, well, I need to take myself away from this at the moment. It was just my, my way of trying to build the process back up. When it's always being shoved in your face, some people can't really understand, but people deal with things in their own certain ways. And my way was just to remove it. And people were probably like, well, maybe you shouldn't have done that. But I'm like, yeah, yeah well, it worked for me. And I needed to do that because or else I probably wouldn't be here. And that's the reality of it. And yeah, I think that taking that approach for me was the only way that I could come back now to still enjoy watching it. To Now I, I love watching it. And, yeah. But from a different perspective and not having like this belief of like, I used to be able to do that. I I'm could do play that. And yeah, like, yeah, I used to be able to kick it that far or whatever it may be. When you used to be able to do something and you can't do it at that level, mm. you just have to learn to accept that you are where you are. And that's just the beauty of life. It's mm. a, this full 360 of like... It's a hard thing to do. You hold on to that. And I think I see a lot of people that hold on to that idea long into their career. Mm. And then I think that is when injuries and stuff start to come into play because you start to push yourself where you used to be, but you're no longer there. Yeah. And I think that's when you see people in like the later end of their career start having serious injuries. And I guess you could even look at what happened to me as being somewhat similar to that. This crash, I don't think I was pushing outside of my limit, but I just was a bit of an unlucky thing, but I did have crashes Yeah. when I was pushing, I guess, past where I was probably capable at the time. Yeah. But that's that thing you get in your own cycle in your head of I've been here before I can be here still yeah and then you push past where your actual ability is up to and then I think yeah that's when you really do hurt yourself but it's also hard to get out of that mindset of like I was once here why can't I be there again yeah can't do it again yeah 
So obviously you made the decision while you're overseas to to retire from racing. Mm. Then to have this happen, what does that look like for you in your perspective of the, the sport moving forward? Because obviously it's something you've dedicated a, a lot of lock time of your life towards mm. but at this current point where are you sitting on that scale and how are you actually feeling about that before the crash i was definitely going to have a break from it i thought there was a few races back in australia where i'm like oh, i might do that if, if everything's right i might go and try that out and possibly like in the future maybe like try and get like a wild card to go to like world championships or something if i'm like fit and healthy and training still but then after the accident being completely honest, like I don't see myself racing again. I just don't see myself racing again. Like there's no part of me that kind of yeah wants to put myself back in that position at the moment. Like I think I'm going to sell all my bikes in the near future yeah and just kind of go cold turkey on the sport for a while. There's no pull to make me like want to go back. And yeah. I just, I'm not sure if that's going to change. But even like watching the last race just on YouTube and stuff from people there um, and seeing crashes there. And it's just like, it, it, I didn't feel good yeah watching it i felt like every time i saw someone crash yeah, i was yeah. just like and i got the same feeling when you see something happening and before it actually happens it's yeah this big flashback of things just rolling through yeah exactly that, that one moment and like i never like to watch crashes but it's one of those things you put to the side and it's part of it and you yeah. accept it but then after this i was watching it. it just seemed like i never thought downhill was that dangerous i knew it was but it was like i was all part of it yeah but after that i was like it's it's fucking dangerous. Yeah, for And it's sure. like, we always joke about like, oh, risking our lives. Like you always hear that. People are like, oh, I'm going to risk my life in this run. And it's like kind of a joke. But at the it's same time, really. it's like, dude, you're whizzing past trees doing 60Ks mm. an hour. And I'm an example of when it does go wrong, it can go really, really yeah. wrong. So yeah, there's, there's no part of me currently that wants to go back into racing bikes anytime yeah. soon. Like I said, I that could change in the future when I get healthy and fit again. But I'm... I could, it was almost reinforcing it when I did have the big crash that I was like, okay, this is over and this was meant to be done. And yeah. there was even a part of me when I was laying there after it happened where I was thinking that I'm glad it's like, I'm glad it's over. Hey, like I was like laying there. I'm like, it's done. Yeah, It's done. I don't have to, because the race I was at, the track was just dangerous. It was just sketchy. It was slippery. It was wet. It was rocks everywhere. And I remember the first run I did, I was so nervous and unsettled. I wasn't even going to do a second one. I was just going to wait for quality when the sun was going to dry it up yeah, a little yeah. bit. And I made the call just before then to practice, like I'll do one more and just get to feel it out. And then that's when I hit the tree. But I was almost just like, I didn't even want to ride. Like yeah. I would almost just be like, I don't want to do this. And I think the fact that I knew I was about to retire, I didn't want to go out not trying. I wanted to try until the end. But mm. I was like, part of me was just like, why? Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't like I don't love this sport like I used to and I don't yeah. want to like, there's that competitor in you that was like, don't just roll down and not call it like, I know there's a part of me that's like, try, like at least try your best. Mm. And I've always kind of had that. But then when you try your best, but you're not feeling comfortable, you can have a crash like this that's pretty fucking heavy, <laughs> especially at the time. Yeah, it's so crazy. Eh? But I think it's like a the thing that I learned from it was like, if you're not doing something that you truly love and that you're passionate about, it's dangerous. And that could be anything you could be. And it's like, it doesn't mean dangerous is you might break your neck or hurt yourself, but mm. you might, your soul might die in a way because you're not doing something that fills it. So yeah. it's like, if you're not doing something that feeds your soul and makes you feel good, that's dangerous because you're going to live a life of, with regret at the end of something's going to go wrong or like you're going to be like, it's going to put you around the wrong people or all these other things. So yeah. it's like, I was kind of happy that I pulled the pin and on my own terms to leave, but 
to continue even in for that little bit after I did was still dangerous. With everything building up and you losing the passion and what you just spoke about then, that it's not feeding your soul, it's that one sort of lapse can be very dangerous. Now, do you think there was any part of obviously your your career coming to an end and you knowing you're retiring and I don't really care if I don't have to push 100%, but then you half of you wanted to push 100%. Mm. Do you feel like there was any part of you on that run that could have that split second of just lapse of concentration where three years ago, Dean on, on every single run wouldn't have happened? Yeah, I think so. Like I, I didn't want to do that run yeah. at all. Like the run I crashed on, I didn't. There was no part of me that wanted to do that. I was just doing that because I didn't, I don't feel like I'm a person that wants to give up, mm. but I was, I did the first run and I hated it and I just felt, I, I honestly felt a little bit scared to be honest. It just, I didn't feel comfortable anywhere. It was just slippery. It was sketchy. It was just not my track and I didn't want to do that next run. I didn't even want to do qualifying. Like if I didn't qualify, I wouldn't have been mad. Mm. Like I wanted to still try and I wanted to give it my best, but if my best wasn't enough, I would have been fine with that. And it's just like, that's when you kind of know you're in, you're in something you shouldn't be in. And to have, like I said, when I was laying on the ground, like even in a bad state and could barely move, I was still just like, it's over. I'm done. Yeah. Thank fuck for that. Like I was just like, like even in that moment where I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to walk again. I was just happy that I didn't have to like go yeah, and ride that track again. again. Yeah. I was, it was like a relief had come over me just in that moment yeah. of being in a neck brace on the ground in pain, not knowing if I'd have this. I was still just thankful of that. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy because like, this happened to me, right? And I'm speaking from personal experience, but is there any part of you that wishes you didn't go down that last run? Yeah. Yeah. If I go back, I wish it didn't happen, but I'm also grateful for like the perspective it's given me coming mm. out of it. And I always think that the worst things that happen to us also make the best things so much better. Mm. So I know coming out of this, no matter what you do, it's seen as you had to overcome something. You had a challenge you had to overcome and that makes the next thing even better. Yeah. Especially if it's something in like a physical sense. I still want to do this ride from Tasmania to Cape York, like yeah. bottom of straight to the top and try and like set a record doing that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, sweet. That's cool alone. But now, okay, you've come up an injury like that and now you have come back to full strength and now you go and do something that's like monumental task anyway, but now you've got that on, on the end of it. And I think anything hard like that that we get faced with is an opportunity to show everyone who you really are. So it's almost a gift in that way of, okay, now I've been challenged, now I'm going to show up even more. And then people go, oh shit, maybe I need to show up more. So it's like, it gives yeah. you that gift to show people that always more there. More push. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because... One of the things that I've learned over my journey and through the injuries that happened is I used to think, fuck, what happens if I didn't do that? Or I wasn't there and I decided not to do the run, for example. But the way I look at it is in, in life, you have choices, right? You, you get to pick and choose whatever you do. If it's always in alignment with who you are as a person, then you can always live with the outcome. Now, you are obviously pushing yourself 100% and you're able to live with that, even though you, there's obviously parts that you may think, but... In those moments with what's happened now, it gives you a perspective on something you could never have even, yeah. you could never have dreamt of having the, the new perspective on life that you have right now if you didn't do that. Mm. That's happened to me where the things that I've learned through my journey, I would never have learned it if that never happened to me. So it's like this little cheat code to the game. 
where someone else hasn't got that cheat code, but you've just been gifted it from an unlikely situation. But it's also fucking cool because it's like, all right, what am I going to do with this now? Let's, let's use this for the best. Maybe you can touch on that. I heard this a lot and a lot of people sent me messages and this made me really think, but a lot of people kept saying it's not fair. Mm. I kept messaging me and being like, it's not fair that this happened. And it's not fair it happened just as you retired. It's not fair that you won't be able to go to Monsignan for your last race. And it just made me really think about like, what's fair? And yeah. like, why is this unfair? It just made me think this world and what we live in isn't fair. We're not owed anything. And not owed anything. And what you think is fair is all bullshit. And yeah. it's like... <laughs> it's your, well, it's your opinion. I don't think opinion. it's bullshit. It's not. It's just how you think. How you think. But I just look at that. If you don't think something's fair, you instantly go into victim mentality mm-hmm. and boohoo me bullshit. It would have been great to go to Monsan and retire that way and see, see everyone off and all that. I'm like, I'm, I hate that that didn't happen, but... I don't think fair has anything to do with it. And like you said, I now have these cheat codes to level up in my life and become a better, more fulfilled, happier person and help other people in an array of different manners. Is that fair? I'm like, okay, you look at it that way. Then it's like, that's so fair that yeah. you've now give, been given something to help other people and you're going to be a better person for it. Like, yeah, you go through some pain, but it's like, if you don't go through that pain, you don't level up. I just get not frustrated, but I just get maybe a little bit annoyed or frustrated when people just talk about fair. I just don't really believe in fair and unfair. It kind of is what it is. And if you view it as not being fair, you're probably not going to put in the work to make it fair. Yeah, well, let's look on the other end. You've been doing this for how long now? And it could happen the first year you did it. In my journey, I Mm. was only just getting started. And that was the end of that journey. So like, there's this both sides. You're lucky that it sort of happened towards the end because you got to enjoy all those other times where all these different things where you can have a look at it from all these different perspectives and being fair or unfair is only subsequent to how you view the situation and where you are in life. If you feel like you haven't achieved enough or you haven't done something, well, maybe that means that you have to look deep inside of you to Mm. figure out what you actually need to look at because that's obviously showing you that something in your life is just not in alignment with what you're doing right now. So that would be unfair to yourself because you're not taking responsibility for those actions. Yeah. I think that comes back as well as like looking what you don't have instead of what you do have. You could look at it as unfair, but I'm like, I've got my legs, I've got my arms, I'm getting healthy. Is that unfair? I'm like, no, that's very fair. Like I, yeah. in my opinion, so I'm like, look at that, not all these other things. And when people say unfair, they look at all the things they're not getting out of the situation instead of the things they are getting or have always been there. And I guess something like this or like your injury you go okay well what do i have and what Mm. and what can i do with what i have yeah and start looking at that and those possibilities and avenues instead of just getting stuck on oh i can't play football anymore i can't maybe don't race bikes anymore that's such a small little avenue of life life. and there's so many more broad opportunities out there if you open your eyes a bit wider okay let's focus on those and not not all these so it's it's hard. It's hard to do sometimes, especially when you are in a lot of pain and discomfort and are in that situation. I think that's something that just takes time to understand because I'm sure when you were in that position with your leg and you didn't want to be here and like when I was in Canada, I had night, like I was having nightmares. I couldn't feel my legs. They were there, but I just, they felt like they were frozen. My hands didn't work. I'm in pain. I'm coughing painkillers like yeah. the Tic Tac. It's hard to be grateful in that state when yeah. you just nothing feels good and you and you know 
you see your team at the next race and like you just know like I should be there, I should yeah. be finishing and you're, you're trying to practice gratitude in that time. That's when you get tested, I think. Like that's yeah. when you really get tested to be like, okay, who's in here? And what are they kind of made of and what do they want to do? And I guess when this first happened, I kind of had this idea with myself that I wanted to be pretty open and honest about the good and the bad and everything else because I don't want to sugarcoat it and be like, it's fine, it's all good and blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, nah, this is... This is hard right now. I'm struggling right now and I yeah. kind of can't fake that. I know it's going to get better. I can see that and that's keeping me like above water. But right now we're fairly battling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think to show that um, it gives people more of an appreciation to like, okay, this is what he is going through, but he can still see the light at the end of the tunnel and trying to help people that way. But yeah, it just, it does, it does get tough. And then I guess when it gets tough and you don't have other people there and you don't know kind of what to do. That's when it gets quite dark. So I just want to kind of be a bit of a light in that regard. It does get shit. This yeah. is how I work through it. Maybe you can do a similar thing, keep showing up, blah, blah, blah. And I think that can have a pretty positive impact on people in the long run. So sure. try and keep doing that as much as I can and come out of it and then try and even push myself further than I had before. 100%. And just be like, don't give up on what's there because it gets like, that's what I, I kept saying that man. When I was, when I was laying on the ground, I just remember I kept saying to myself, like, don't give up. It gets better. Don't give up. It gets better. I just kept repeating. Like every time I would start to spiral down this thing of like, cause like I thought for a good 10 minutes that I thought I'd broken my neck as soon as I hit, I knew cause I didn't knock myself out and I knew how hard I hit the tree. I feel like you doing a sport like this that long you kind of know certain impacts and you just get a pretty good gauge on when stuff goes wrong how that was fucking way harder than the last one yeah. <laughs> yeah so like hitting it that hard feeling pain in my neck and then my whole body going numb i was pretty sure straight away that i just broken my neck um, obviously i got stuck upside down in that really awkward position i couldn't breathe properly and i just remember asking people i was like help help i can't breathe properly i can't feel my legs like help help and they ended up putting me flat down and after that, I was just laying there and they're just like, I remember the girl had my hands and she's like, can you squeeze my hands? And I just looked at them and she just dropped them on me. And I just remember. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I was like, I'm so fucked. I just remember thinking that. And then I just started crying. You know, when you kind of like your brain's just empty, I couldn't feel anything. There was a bit of pain in my neck, but the rest of me was completely numb. I had really nothing to focus on, like, oh, my hip hurts or my whatever hurts. It was like, nah, there's nothing there. Yeah. So that was kind of almost in a way peaceful, but then my mind was just blank and I didn't know uh, what to yeah. think about or what to do. And then we were laying there for a little bit and I just remember that, can you feel, can you feel your legs? And I was touching them. I'm like, no, I'm like, can you feel your hands? Then it started to set in the kind of like seriousness of how bad this was didn't know what to think or what to do and then i like could start saying it to myself it's like it's okay it gets better it's okay it gets better like don't give up don't give up don't give up because i was yeah, just like yeah. kind of my mind was suddenly going to a bit of a panic and i tried to pull myself out and then they asked me to lift my arms and they're like good job and i was like what do you mean and like you lifted your arms and i was like no i didn't and they're like yeah you did and like and i looked over and my arm was almost like a puppet arm like it was kind of just like like that and I straight away thought I've got a second cousin, Nick Dempsey, which I've done a podcast with, and he's a paraplegic. And I know he can, can control his chair with his arm, but he doesn't really have feeling in it. He kind of can use it. Yeah. And as soon as I saw my arm like that, I just thought of that's, him. Yeah, of him yeah. And I just thought I'm a quadriplegic now. Yeah. That was probably the scariest 
thing. It was kind of weird that I was moving, but I had no feeling. I had no idea I was doing it. And that just made me just straight I'm like, I'm a quadriplegic. I'm not going to like it. And that was like, that was pretty traumatic kind of time. And then I just remember I was like, I'm not going to try and move my legs or my arms again. Like, I'm just going to just breathe and just yeah. be in this. And like, I'm not religious at all. And I've never prayed in my life, but I remember praying at that point. And I remember like I asked God, I was like, if you give me my arms and legs back, I will help as many people as I possibly can. Yeah. And I just remember asking him that as like, they were like stretching me off and it was just, yeah, I for whatever reason, I thought that was a good idea to do at the time. And they put me on the stretcher. I started to go down as we went down the hill. I was on like the back of a four wheeler on the stretcher and we're going along. And I just remember moving and like, I felt like I could just feel numbness in my feet and everything, but I couldn't really feel them. And I started to tap my toes together and I didn't realize I'd taken my shoes off. And I was just like, are my shoes off? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, am I tapping my toes together? And the guy's like, yeah. And it was just like this profound moment of like, oh my fucking God. And I couldn't like feel them, feel them. You're going to have my toes at least. Yeah. But it was just like this man, this moment of like, oh my God. And it's just from that point, like I didn't want to get ahead of myself. This could still be really bad. And it was almost like a catch-22 because then as soon as I started getting feeling back, then the pain came with it. Came with it, yeah. So it was like this short-lived... Right, that's enough for now. <laughs> there's like this short-lived celebration of like, I can feel stuff. I'm like, oh shit, now I'm in like immense pain. Yeah. Because my neck started hurting both my arms. Like, I feel like I corkied both my arms were just like so sore. So they ended up just drugging me up with heaps of fentanyl. I just got loaded up on that and then just didn't feel anything until they like put me in the helicopter and flew me half an hour to like one of the one of the nearest hospitals. Did all the scans and stuff. Still didn't really have, I couldn't really move, but I was definitely getting feeling back. Yeah. But then just like going through all the tests and stuff and they're like putting me board to board and it was just the most messed up experience. Eh? Much like just by myself in there, I, I was naked and then just moving you, rolling you over into stuff. And I'm like, oh man, this isn't, this isn't how it was meant to go. And I just <laughs> kept thinking I had four days left, four days. And this was done. You could have that in your mind and then be in this hospital, just in copious amounts of pain and just discomfort and just getting pushed into MRI machines. I'm like, oh. They're not fun either. Nah, so MRI is so yeah, scary. Shit. You feel claustrophobic as fuck. Just the fact I couldn't move either. I felt like I was in there. I'm like, if something goes wrong, I can't get out. Yeah. Even though it's like unlikely that that would happen. But you know, when you just feel like helpless, helpless yeah. like I felt so helpless, man. Like I couldn't do anything still. Like I could barely use both my hands. I could barely, I couldn't feel my feet. Yeah. I could like barely roll over. And then you're in all these machines and stuff. And you're like. With the headphones on, eh? Fucking uh, just like, through your head. And you're just going, just, I just do not want to be here right now, but nah. I guess this is where we are. I was just trying to breathe. Like, you're just trying to focus on just breathing. Where did it all go wrong here, hey? Whereabouts on that run did I, oh. at that moment, I realized I fucked up. Oh, man. Yeah. You've obviously, like, done a fair bit of self-development work over your life, and you're in pretty good mindset compared to a lot of other people. And I just want to touch on that because it's obviously, it, it could be some people listening that, Maybe think, oh, why is it not easy, that it's easy for me? Something that I can share that I haven't really shared much in the past. It took me a good 10 years before I mentally, physically got in a spot where I was back to somewhere close to where I was when I had the injury. You're, you're progressing. You say you like it should be further along. and But in your time frame, it's only been a few weeks. 
there's obviously going to be people who have done injuries who could be years before they even get back to... They talk about the guy who you mentioned before who's in the wheelchair and reached out to you. Someone who's in that situation where they're going to be doing rehab for, who knows, for the rest of their life maybe. What do you think has given you that perspective on being able to deal with or maybe not deal with being okay with where you are now and it might be with your feeling in your arms and stuff, it might be six months from now, it might be a year. How do you view that with the tools that you have in your life? This is really going to sound harsh, but it's something that I kind of tell myself, what other option do you have? Yeah. And that was the thing when I was in the hotel and I'm trying to lift my arms and squeeze stuff and I literally squeeze my hands three or four times and I just get so tired and I just want to give up. And I just sit there and be like, like I'm setting up the cameras. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I was like, what, like, what else are you going to do? This sucks. It's hard. It might sound harsh saying that, especially someone in a situation that's worse off, but going to them and just say you're in a wheelchair and you're like, oh, life's hard. I can't walk now and whatever. I'm like, okay, so you've got two options here. Give up. Yeah. Play the victim. Be depressed. Your life sucks. The people around you sucks. Or you can look, I've still got my arms. I've still got a good attitude. I've still got all these things. Let's show up and help other people in some way or do like, just do so, find yeah. something that makes you happy. 100%. What else are you going to do? It's easier saying that from a position of, I am going to get better. Things are going to be okay. But even when I was in that point a couple of weeks ago, when I was in a hotel room, I couldn't feel my feet, couldn't feel my legs hardly, couldn't feel my hands. And I was just like, I need to start doing something mm. and I need to start progressing and trying to like get myself better because then it's like, you don't do that. What are you going to do? just sit there and sulk and cry and it's like it doesn't help anyone yeah for sure and like how long do you do that for before you're like okay it does get tough and i think you've got to have those moments where it is tough to like feel it yeah and understand it sucks for example when we were coming back we had to drive from west virginia to uh to montreal to fly out so that was like a 12-hour drive and this is two days after the crash so oh, i've geez. got so much pain in my neck i've barely eaten any food. I've eaten a bit of food, but I hadn't been to the toilet in like four and a half days and I couldn't eat any more food just because I felt so sick from not going to the bathroom. Yeah. Anyway, this is at the end of the, we're almost in Montreal. So I've driven like 12 hours. Just imagine the discomfort. I feel sick now because I've been eating and haven't been able to go to the bathroom. I've been eating laxatives like the Tic Tacs. I'm like, I just need to like, get heavy, I need to get something out of me. So we went to Applebee's for dinner. Anyway, I go in and I was like, I'm going to try and go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom. There's just a guy who was in there for ages. And there was like a, a girl's um, toilet right next door. And my, one of my teammates was like, just go in there. So I go in there. And I think the manager or someone saw me go in. And then I actually couldn't go to the toilet. So I was in there for a while. So then the manager opens the door. And he's like, is someone in here? I'm like, yeah, I'm in here. And he's like, this is a girl's toilet. So you need to get out. And I was like yeah fair enough okay yeah i get out and i walk out the door and he like obviously saw that i was in a neck brace saw that i like, wasn't in the best way i'm sorry there was a person in there i just i really needed to try and go it's been it's been a bit rough and he's like okay all good buddy but i was very fragile at the time and then i go sit down at the table and um a guy that's uh, like a team manager for another team tony seagrave came kind of around and he kind of was like oh, i hope you're doing all, all good and for whatever reason it just kind of like set me over the edge I was in a pretty bad place. And then I think when people show you sympathy in a way, it kind of can hit you in it. It wasn't like it hit me in a bad way, but it just pushed me over the edge. 
anyway, I got like the, the keys off one of my teammates and just went to the car out in the car park. And I just, dude, I just, you know, you're crying and you just don't even know what you're crying about. Yeah, you, just, you don't really understand what the fuck's going you on. No, you just, you just broken. Hey, like yeah. just like hyperventilating and crying and nothing makes sense. And you just, you just. You're just sad. Like, you're just really sad. I had, like, a full-blown, pretty much panic attack, slash crying and all this stuff. And that went on for, I reckon, like, a good 10 minutes, hey, that I couldn't, I just couldn't control my emotions and I couldn't pull myself out of that. And it went on for a while anyway. One of my, my mechanic came out and I was just like, no one can do anything for me right now. Yeah. I need to, like, I need to breathe through this and come out of it, which I obviously did over that after the 10 minutes. And then I remember it was so funny. I was trying to get Wi-Fi so I could message the team and just be like, hey, I'm going to come back inside. No one talk to me. No one ask if I'm okay. I'm just going to sit down and that's fine. And I couldn't get Wi-Fi. So like I walk in and the team's all got dinner and they're all eating and they're like, turn around and see me and they're like, oh, we can go. And they start like all kind of like, and I'm like, shh, shh, like, it's okay. Eat your dinner. I'm going to sit here. I just... I need to be alone right now. And I just sat like a booth behind them and just put my head in my like hands. I just had nothing. Hey, I don't need it. Are you okay? I don't. You know that there's something wrong and I know that already. You don't need to like yeah. confirm what I yeah. already know. But, but I'm just, you know, when people just always apologize for something, they had nothing to do with it. Yeah. They didn't put the tree in the way and they didn't push you off the bike. Yeah. I sometimes struggle a lot with that. Mm. When people are like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And like, it's easy to talk about stories and to tell this story to people all the time. And ever, I guarantee you for the rest of your life, you'll tell people and they'll go, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, well, what are you sorry about? Like, yeah. it's happened. It's, 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 it's done. Yeah. There's nothing to be sorry about. I'm just telling you because you've asked me a question. Yeah. Happened the other day. I told somebody and they just said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's something that happened 12 years. Why are you sorry? Yeah. It's the fucking best thing that ever happened to me. It goes back to that perspective on how you view it. If you continuously be play, which is easy for people to fall into too, because it's like playing the victim all yeah. the time. And they're, they're probably comfortable being the victim too. So it's like that whole mentality of being the victim and being sorry and being yeah, it's like oh, reinforcing the fact, yeah. I was joking around with you because I've done this and I can't be too serious, you know, like that poor. Yeah. I'll never forget the first thing I said to you. I was like, oh, mate, you bloody folded like a deck chair, right? Eh? Yeah. Things like that. It's, it's like, like yeah, you got to laugh at it, Yeah, man. I can't. I can't. Have, and it, it's probably hard and you're probably going, oh, you fucking dick. At the same time, I'm a mate and that's how I'd treat you anyway. So what's yeah. why would I be different around something that's, yeah, yeah, it's shit what happened. But at the same time, it's it's happened and... You know, you know it's yeah. shit. It doesn't, yeah, you don't need to make it seem worse. It's like and you like, almost make, yeah. make fun of it to kind of like make it as bad situation funny. Or just do it how you normally would act around somebody yeah. in that situation where if you did something like that and something stupid, I'd just fucking give you shit for it. So yeah. why would I not do that in a situation where it's, it's shit? And I obviously ask you how you were and stuff, but mm. I'm not just going to be a sucks that this happens. It's like it just, it's yeah, it brings it, brings it down and makes it It's funny, like when I, uh, Talk to um, Cooper Chapman about it. One of the first things he says, like, oh, you're going to have such a good keynote to talk about in the future. I'm like, yeah, it's added to the story. It's something yeah. that's going to be cool and hopefully I can use it to impact other people. It's going to suck for a while, but then you get something back. Like the pendulum swings. Yeah. Like eventually it swings back. So yeah. look at it like that instead of like, you said like, oh, I'm sorry, poor you. And then, like I said, when that happened in that restaurant, it kind of just set me over the edge. But yeah. I guess in, the thing I was trying to get at with saying all that was I feel like I've come to a place when I can accept things and I can deal with things, but I still have my moments when I needed to let something out. I still have those moments where I'm like, I'm cr crying uncontrollably and having a panic attack because I don't see the light at the tunnel. I don't see 
how this could be looked at as a, being a good thing. In that moment, I was just like, this is the most fucked thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. I'm in so much pain. I can't feel anything. I don't know when I'm going to feel anything. Life just seems hard right now. Yeah. And it's hard to have perspective in that moment. But obviously it did come and it is still coming more. And it's also okay to have those moments. Exactly, like, yeah. I was telling you before, I've been having one of those weeks. I've done a lot of self-work, but it still happens. I'm only human. Shit's going to happen. I've also just got to enjoy that process. It, it sucks at the time and you're like, fuck. I don't see the end or you don't, you're like, why is this, these fucking, yeah. all your subconscious thoughts start running through your head. But at the end, like two days later or something, you go, what was I, what yeah. even happened with that? And that could be something so simple as what you said. It just triggers you and just throws you off there. All these things building up. And you're like, oh shit, leave me alone. Just yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. You ever see like a reset of something. Yeah. Happen. But how funny is that you can get pulled out of something so easily and you can also get put into something so easily. Yeah. So it's like trying to catch yourself going either way. Yeah. And then if it goes the right way, know that trigger. If it goes the wrong way, know that trigger as well. And yeah. then help understand yourself better when that happens. Yeah. But yeah, it can, it can be minor sometimes, eh? Yeah. Like even even when I was about to get on my last flight, like I had a flight from Cooley to, um, no, to Cooley from Sydney. Yeah. And at this point, like again, I'm like the whole flight, I'm, I'm crying like just subtly pretty much every couple of hours like yeah. on this flight, just through pain, through discomfort, through gratitude, all these emotions in my body just constantly, mm. I just like start crying about nothing or everything. Yeah. And like subtly kind of the whole time I'm going home and I get to Sydney and I get to the Jetstar um, gate and I'm there and these, um, these two ladies come up with the scale because, you know, Jetstar is quite, quite tight. Strict, on the, baggage, strict yeah, on the baggage yeah. weight. So they come up to me and they're like, oh, can we weigh your bags? So I'm like, yeah, it's okay. So I put my bag on the scale and it's two kilos over. And she looks at me and she's like, oh, your bag's two kilos over. And I don't know how I looked at this point. I know how I felt. I was like borderline. Can you say something? <laughs> I was like, like, I was on the cusp of crying again. Yeah. And like had just traveled back on a 15 hour flight in the middle seat after having this injury. I was pretty broken and I just said to her, I'm like, what do I need to do to fix this? And she just like looked at me and she's just like, look, we're going to not worry today, but just next time I'm like, okay. And she's like, how are you going? I'm like, not good. And she's like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm like, don't be sorry. All good. And then she just like went off. Here you are. You walk straight past and just pull the next brace straight off. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, come on on yeah and then the other thing this was pretty funny as well then i finally get home and i lay on my bed um and it was like the first bit of relief i've had in so long i finally lay in my bed i'm like thank god i'm home get a phone call from a random number answer it it's sports integrity australia the one that deal with all the drug testing and doping and stuff yeah like hello dean we're just wondering why you haven't filled out your drug doping form recently and I just started laughing and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was in a pretty bad crash the other day. I can't use my hands and I haven't been able to go on my phone or laptop in the last few days. And they're like, oh my God. They were very considerate after they realized what had happened. But they went from like kind of firm, like, why haven't you done this to like, we are so sorry and we hope you're okay. You're okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm all good. Also, I'm retiring. So just don't even worry about that. Just take me off the list kind yeah, of just, thing. Just don't even worry about it. <laughs> so then I'm, I've been yeah. on that much painkillers anyway. You probably don't want to test Well, me. I'm pretty sure because like, they put steroids in my neck to help heal it when it happened. I'm not just like, what kind of steroids? They just said some kind of steroids, the healing thing. Yeah, so that like, would have been something. So I'm already on the, on the gear anyway, but it was just like, <laughs> I was like, I don't, yeah, take me off. I don't need to be on that list anymore. 
and I hung up the phone. And I started pissing. It was just like it was a you comical, finally comical moment. Oh, just the fact I finally laid down and I was like peace and quiet, and then it was just oh. like why haven't you done this stuff? And I'm like, oh my god. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I think with any injury, it just once you do come back from it, it just gives you like a greater perspective on how good those little things are that we all take for granted. Mm. And I just, I think like you said, with like just being able to like run again and walk and do that. And it's just like trying to keep Not that. Run, just walk. That's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> but keep that perspective of yeah. how good you do have it. Even when I got back, you just have this idea of how something's going to go. I saw my mum and I just wanted to hug her properly and I just couldn't. Yeah. And something so simple as that. You just want to like go hug Heavy, your mum. Yeah. I can't even put my arms around it. Not being able to do something so simple like that and then being like, and then not even be able to feel their skin. It doesn't feel like I'm hearing like those little things were just like, that seems to me so much more important now than it used to. I think about if, if it, what happened to me didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be swimming around in the ocean taking photos, having the absolute time of my life. And I wouldn't have built a business that I've fucking over the moon about. And I wake up now, I'm just happy for the littlest things. And it's only because I've seen the bottom and I understand what goes on there. And I'm breathing, that's a good start. And I know it's crazy, but you speak to older people and they say that. They're like, oh, mm. I'm breathing, so that's a good start. It's so simple, but it's that's a lot. Yeah. That's a good start to getting to wherever you need to go. I get people ask me all the time, oh, why don't you like surf a lot? Or why do you just shoot all the time? And it's because, yeah, I, I, I physically and can't really get to that point with what my limits are. Mm. And I'm happy swimming around in the water. I really don't care. Mm. A simple thing could be for you in the future, just you riding the bike down the street could be Enough, the best yeah. thing in the world. You don't have to go down any tracks or do anything like that, but maybe you will get to that point one day if you really want to or whatever it is. But it's those small things of like, I can actually pedal a bike. Mm. That's a pretty big step. Yeah, and the people just don't look at those small things. They, they forget, or even for you, moving your hands properly mm. or having the strength that you had through your hands before that and then building that on oh i can move my hands that's a good start yeah don't have the strength yet but i, I think it's move. just like appreciating beauty and the simplicity of smaller things mm. and not being so caught up in these big exotic things that we think we need but like i joke i talked about the thing that you joked about the question about like sitting in like making a nice garden and sitting in it and it's just like that to me seems like such a, a a thing that i think is overlooked but it's just like making something like that. And like a garden could be representative of like your life in a way. Mm. Just making something that's nice and then just sitting in it. I've got a question for you. Is this the real long one about the garden? Yeah, this is, this is a good one. This is a long one about the, the garden from a person you know very well, Sam. The thing is, I think we all get so caught up in bigger, better, more when if you actually do just open your eyes and go, I'm in a pretty good spot right now. Yeah. And everything I have is pretty amazing. Yeah. And sitting in that more and actually appreciating what it is. 100%. Because I think it's, yeah, it's, it's easy to get caught up in what you don't have and what you think you need. But there's, Dean, I know you're very progress driven and for lack of a better word, busy individual, which I admire and I feel is part of your success. But given how you spoke recently about wanting to sit in the garden, could you elaborate a little on the emotions and thoughts that led you? to the particular mindset change and intensity of desire for more or better. I feel sometimes in the pursuit of self-improvement, it can become almost an addiction and can take away from some moments and wins along the way. 
always looking forwards in such a hungry way. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Now, we, we've obviously spoke a lot about that just then, but how, after our conversation just now, how do you feel about that? I was thinking about this the other day because I feel in my life, since I was old enough to kind of set goals, I've always had a goal and been like striving towards that. And then when racing, I guess, became such a, a massive part of my life, there's always been this thing there that's like, when you're in competitive sports, you never really catch it. Even if you win, there's always like, oh, there's the next race, next race. the next race, oh, there's this, or I didn't win by enough, or this guy's yeah. won by, there's always something. Yeah. So I think it's hard to appreciate what you have done while you're so in it. And I know in the past, having that mindset does, it's like a tunnel vision mindset where you get so focused on that thing that I think a lot of life gets left out. And I think it's good to have these goals and it's good to strive towards those goals at what cost. I haven't been able to maintain a solid relationship in the last 10 years. And I know that's my own issue, but obviously racing and being away for so long and having that goal is a massive part of that. It's just hard because you want to chase after this thing and you want to be selfish and you, what you do is all that matters. How does a girl fit into that? Or how do like your family members, even the relationship with them fit into that? Mm. And it's like, they all need to make sacrifices for you. Yeah. And I think that way of living makes you become a pretty self-centered person. And I think that can have some pretty toxic repercussions if you get stuck in that. So even to the point where I got to a point now, where I'm sick of having relationships that fail and I don't want to blame the racing for it, but I know it's an element that affects it. And I kind of, a part of the retirement, this isn't like the sole reason, obviously love was lost for it and all these other things, but it would be nice. Like I'm getting a bit older at some point I'm going to want to start a family and yeah. get settled down. For me, I could never see myself having a family and doing this job. Yeah. I see how people do that and it's just like, it just doesn't. But especially from this side of the world. Yeah, this side of the yeah. world. And it just looks like something that's just way too challenging. And I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to put someone through that. Yeah. I, I don't want to put someone not only through the fact that I'm away from you and you've got a child to look after. But then I could have something happen like my injury recently. And what kind of stress does that put into that person? And imagine if I did have a sit, like, it's just, there's so many factors that can come from that. And then I just, yeah, that was a part of when I was like, okay, I'm ready to be done with this because I want to explore that side of yeah. my life and like sit in that kind of, I guess, because the whole garden thing can be seen as you're like creating a, a life that you want to sit in and enjoy and not just something that, yeah. <laughs> And not just something. I'm sitting in a big garden right exactly. now. Exactly. It's pretty bloody nice. But just enjoying <laughs> the little things. Hey, like I thought yeah. it's kind of ironic that I think the last 10 or 17 years of racing bikes, whole goal was to go really fast. And then after the crash and kind of now it's like, I'm just trying to focus on just going slow and enjoying going slow yeah. and not feeling like I have to go fast. And like we yeah. said before, that there's parts that I want to like. You're still, you're still going to crave that and obviously before you're like I feel like I need to be doing something right now I'm like, yeah yeah there's parts of it but slowness and that's something you're probably going to learn and mm. I feel like as well with that saying about being driven and focused and not maybe not wanting to push as hard but that doesn't mean that you're not going to push as hard it just means you're going to be more direct on where you want to put that energy and yeah. how you want to execute on that because we've spoken a lot about it but you're very driven and you've got you've got other goals and other other directions that you know you want to be able to to figure out and enjoy and mm. i think that's uh i guess there's a bit of a battle with that going on now where i guess i know i'm still healing as well but there's part of me it's just like yeah just rest 
yeah. like rest and don't don't feel like you need yeah. to jump into this next stage of your life. You had a massive injury that could have been life threatening or body threatening or worse than you perceived and now you're finally like coming back don't rush that like yeah just chill out just for a enjoy bit. it and yeah. go sit on the beach and go read a book and just don't feel like you need to do all these things but i guess it's just training your mind to like my idea of what where i saw myself coming back to australia i had all these things lined up and planned and like you know about some of that stuff and yeah. i just wanted to come back running and just getting stuck in and then you come back and you're like all right you can't really do any of that you just kind of got to sit and rest and heal and it's yeah. like okay that's change of plans and you're just trying to like adapt and understand that as it happens but time out time out yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'm still focusing on making that a reality but there's yeah there's just times where i'm like should be doing more i want to do more but then it's just like i physically and mentally kind of can't so. okay not to yeah and then just being okay with that and yeah yeah all right well i reckon we um we wrap it up it's been a an awesome chat and thanks for sharing some obviously very fresh shit Think. that you've gone through and yeah, it sometimes can be hard, but mm. yeah, no, no, that's good. It. And for anyone, sorry, we didn't answer all the questions because we're in the middle of nowhere and I forgot to screenshot them before we come out. Yeah, but I, per- I remember. I will do a solo. Po- <laughs> I would do a solo. You had. <laughs> I had one to remember and I did. We're going to try and do more of these. Probably not in the middle of the forest. We're going to get us. We're going to find a studio. It's going to be magical. We're going to set it up. We're going to take pretty photos and do cool podcasts. Yeah. Thank you. If you liked it, what do you do? What do you do, Devin, if you liked it? Slap that subscribe button and let us know what you want to hear next. <laughs> do a review. I don't think you do, re- you do reviews on Google. Um, no, Apple Podcasts. I think you got reviews. Google Podcasts, yeah. probably. Review it. If you find a way, if you like this content, I feel like if you can find a way to tell us and do it. Just tell us. That'd be great. Yeah. Like I'm, we want to we invite you in on the conversation as well. Jump in. We want to know what you want to yeah. hear about. Yeah. We just start doing phone calls or ring people up. Yeah. Not out here, but. No, nah, not out here. We've got no phone <laughs> service out here. <laughs> Let me get this studio. Alrighty. See everyone. There is. Thank you for listening. See you guys. There's heaps of bush turkeys up there. Yeah. Press the little buzzer button. Oh, man. I've got to go.